my calculations are correct, when this baby hits 88 miles per hour, you're gonna see some serious shit. Do you really think you have a chance against us, Mr. Cowboy? Yippee-ki-yay, motherfucker. It's showtime. Right, welcome everybody to another episode of the VHS Strikes Back. I am one of your hosts, Chris, and my co-host, and very good friend, is Dave. Hey there, Chris, and hello to our listeners out there. Welcome to the VHS Strikes Back, the show where we dust off the old video player and go on a nostalgic journey to look at the good and the bad movies of yesteryear. Now, Chris, what are we going to review this week? Well, Dave, this is your pick, and I'm not getting blamed by any of our listeners for this. This will be the sixth movie starring the greatest (laughs) martial artist the world has ever seen. It's from 2000, and it stars Cynthia Rothrock and Lauren Avedon, Dave, and Jalal Merher as well. This is a end trilogy. We haven't done the other two, and it's called Tiger Claw 3, The Final Conflict. So, David, how did you come across this one? (laughs) I think, Chris, we came across this one when we were reviewing, I think it might have been Deadly Ransom, you know. It was. <laughs> and it was like, oh, fucking hell, another Lauren Avedon one. And then I was just casually scrolling through IMDb and I came across this one. And then you see, and it's like, oh, all right, Lauren Avedon and Cynthia Rothrock. All right, there's a crossover there. We've done done a bit of that. I said to you, like, when I was a kid, I just, I didn't like the whole, <laughs> the screaming, the sound effects and everything. Depends what movie you were watching. Yeah. Have you seen Cynthia Rothrock's um, YouTube? <laughs> I may have done. <laughs> like a fine wine, David, like a fine wine. Yeah, yeah, I, I don't it's disagree. Um but like Bolo's in it as well. I'm like, oh, fucking hell. And um, a guy whose name I, I'll remember very shortly when I search it, but the um, Master Jin, played by Carter Wong from uh, Big Trouble in Little China. You know, he's he's one of the guys, one of the three spirits who, who like blows up when he sees his master has, has died and stuff. I'm like, fucking hell, this might be a bit of a gem, this one. And uh, it's a bit like, what was it we watched? Uh, like, Shoot Fighter. Yes. Which was like the unofficial um, prequel to Cobra Kai kind of thing. So it's like, oh, fucking hell. You know, you get all these B-movie characters in there as well. I'm like, you know what? I think I might, might have to watch this. And to be honest, before I picked it, right, I had watched it. And there's certain moments that I'll, I'll speak about. And I was messaging you going, this is fucking brilliant. I'm picking this. <laughs> <laughs> Which obviously, it does show my hand a little bit. And obviously, it's not Citizen Kane. But, you know, in a different way, you know, for being utterly shit, uh, it is pretty good. So, yeah, I mean, Chris, did you have any inkling that this was out there? No, but, well, I did, yes, I did see it when I was looking, but Deadly Ransom sort of took, pricks my interest because of the ridiculousness of his psychic powers, Dave. So, so when you... Which don't feature at all. (laughs) Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. Or barely. Well, once, I think, you know, you had skills as a kid, you know. But I think 
what I love, Dave, is setting you up with stuff like this because you are like me. We have the personalities. We're so different in a lot of ways. But when it comes to things like this, we go down these fucking rabbit holes and end up watching the most ridiculous stuff. And as soon as you were saying, this is unbelievable. And you've gone back and watched the first two after you've watched this. Yeah. Movie, it's <laughs> fucking brilliant. Um, I was like, he went, I think I'll have to pick it. You know, we've gone from like picking some fucking Oscar winning masterpiece or whatever. And then it's like, fuck this, Lauren Avedon, I'm here for it. You know, Cynthia Rothrock. So I'm Dave, I'm like a proud fucking parent because I have corrupted <laughs> her to pick Lauren Avedon. But what a fucking ridiculous movie. And all I'll say to you guys, there's no Wikipedia page. On the trivia on IMDb, it simply says, this is the final film in this franchise. I think it says, <laughs> as of 2018, there'll never be another one, Dave. Um, and then <laughs> when you go on the quotes, these two lines out of the film, that's it in the quotes. No one could be asked to put them on IMDb. So <laughs> this is not Lawrence of fucking Arabia or anything like that, people, I'm telling you. Yeah, on Rotten Tomatoes, it has uh, not enough people have rated this so there's no rating for it you know because uh, no one has been asked to do it or, or, or actually i think for the user reviews that it says less than 50 so you know one or two people might have put on on there on on imdb it gets a stonking four out of ten and we always say like you know, I, I always measure everything by Eat My Dust, which was like 5.6. And, and you sort of think, well, if you make a movie and it's broadly, you know, coherent, then uh, you're probably getting 5 out of 10. Everything seems to be weighted around that middle. Yeah. But yeah. to get below 5... And into the fours, you, you're looking at something pretty bad, to be fair. <laughs> oh, the first comment on YouTube, well, it's like the top comment, and I love it, and I've actually liked it. It says, I like Lauren Avedon's role in this movie. His acting was developed well over the years. <laughs> I mean, was that from L. L. Avedon? L.A. Edon or whatever he called Everdon or whatever, but he's fucking nonsense. I was like, some of the comments, but he's brilliant because it's like us. Well, not like us. I know it's more me, but you know, no trend of three, but he's like, people are saying, what a trilogy. I've just watched all three of them because they're all on YouTube, guys. You know, there's a, there's a couple of versions and we've got something to announce on this, Dave, haven't we? We have got a watch along, which we're going to put on our VHS Strikes Back YouTube channel of this one. So that'll go up as well a couple of days after this is released, which is going to be good. Yeah, so we haven't done a, a watch along, good watch along for a while, and usually the criteria is, you know, well, it has to grab us, has to be up there free on YouTube. Copyright <laughs> 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 purposes. Yeah. And then, um, you know, obviously we have to free up the time for it as well. But you know, we won't speak about it right now. But there's there's a twist, and I was just like. I need Chris's live reaction to this. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, we need to make this happen. So, yeah, when we release this uh, on general release, so on Wednesday, then it will be up. Uh, the watch along will be up there on YouTube as well. Yeah, definitely. So, Dave, shall we get into the trailer? Let's go. In New York, a crime lord resurrects 2,000-year-old worlds. in order to take over the city. 
two detectives stab in their way. Now, they must convince a martial arts master to teach them how to defeat the ultimate evil. Exciting and action-packed installment in the Titan Claw Saga. Tiger Claws 3. When a martial artist called Striker Goodenough resurrects three ancient Chinese master assassins so he can take over New York City's underworld, it's up to martial artist cop Tarek Richards to stop them. But he will need the aid of Striker's former master. Now, Chris, what do you reckon to the opening of this movie? You've done well there with that fucking synopsis there. Very, very good, my friend. Put that Thank together. you, IMDb. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it's fucking brilliant. I mean, we get the cat burglar, and he's there, like, meandering around this fucking warehouse. And I'm like, all right. So so obviously, I know Lauren Avedon's in it. But I'm thinking, he's going to be a goodie. Oh, no, Dave. He's a baddie in this one. And we get this ridiculous cut, that scene, this little shootout with the police and everything. And, you know, Cynthia's character and Tariq, that's the name of the guy's character in the movie, just looks so ridiculous. But they've got this weird flirting because they're a couple, aren't they? So it's just like, it's really awkward. And and he just doesn't look like a a fucking lead character at all. He's like a fucking knockoff Keith Vitale to me, Dev. I know he's in the other ones, but (laughs) his haircut and everything just looks so silly. And, it's a proper, like, fucking, your mum's done it in lockdown, <laughs> haircut, isn't it? <laughs> I remember getting suspended from school for that. We used to have a step years ago. Yeah. Fucking most teachers, like, Mr. Lewis, he went, i never forget, he went, I'm going to do the accent now, it's going to be terrible. You, boy, what is that haircut? Now, Dave, I don't know what that accent was. Anyway. Is it Welsh? Was I don't know Welsh what that was. <laughs> it was part of my heritage, babe. And I remember him going, I think we're going to have to suspend you. And I was panicking. This guy's got, he's not a step, but he's got that. <laughs> it's fucking shit, that, isn't it? Like, not only is it bad enough that you're going to get fucking beaten up, probably, for having the shit haircut. <laughs> Even the teacher's calling you out and he's going to suspend you for it. It's like, look, like my mum did it. <laughs> yeah, my mum did it. We've got no money. That looks like a step boy. I never forget it. Maybe stand in front of the fucking class, I'm going to hunt him down now, Dave. I'm going to go fucking strike a good enough. <laughs> oh dear sorry sorry go on no so so we get this thing with with avadon he gets away luckily but then next minute cynthia and Tariq are in the fucking police station just chatting shit and some random guy comes off the street and goes hi yes would you like to come to my art fucking thing and they're like yeah, uh, yeah, and she's going, yeah, let's go. You've not taken me for a meal. It's like, this is fucking... Some random guy can just walk <laughs> off the street in a police station and invite him to a fucking... Like, this thing, he goes, oh, we've got this guy striking and he's doing this thing. And I'm like, 
this is nonsense. I mean, I, I honestly, I love these movies, Dave. I do. But fucking hell, I've definitely got a chance at making a martial arts script. <laughs> I am terrible at writing. And this fucking, the writing in this is some of the worst I've seen. However, it's it's also magnificent, Dave, because this film is fucking terrible. Yeah. It, it's one of those, isn't it? it? It's so bad, it's good. Yeah. I, 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 or at least it, it lands for us. So... Tarek Richards is played by Jalal Mary, as you mentioned before. Now, it's his production company. So you say about him not really looking like a, a an action star. That's <laughs> well, that's because he's, he's put up the fucking cash for it all <laughs> to star in his own movie, pretty much. And even on YouTube. So his um, production company is Film One. And so all of these movies are under Film One. So it's not just some random bloke on YouTube who's ripped it off his DVD. You know, yeah. it is actually backed by him. And um, I, I don't quite, you know, Chris, even watching the previous two, I don't quite get what the relationship is between him and Cynthia Rothrock's character, Linda. It's kind of like, it comes across to me like a bit of a fuck buddy type situation. Like they they sleep together, they kind of care about each other, but they're not like married as such. You know what I mean? Yeah. But honestly, Chris, I I, I must admit, you know, I'm I'm waiting for Lauren to turn up because that's that's the main reason I've fucking done this, and and the fact that you know, again, I can join up Lauren Avedon with Cynthia Rothrock. It's just like, oh fucking hell, we got we got to watch this. But when he turns up, I mean, that, that comment on YouTube about him his, uh, and his acting has improved. Fucking hell, I don't know what movie he's watching. Because for me, I know he's, he starred in Baywatch, what, four years before this? Was it was yeah, 96 like or something? He was in Baywatch with the fight in the Hoff. I'm like, fucking hell, he's, he's taken this straight from the Hoff. Because his character, Striker Goodenough, is... So hammed up. It's unbelievable. But when he's doing the whole ceremony, and he's got a goatee beard, so clearly he's a baddie. He's a baddie, yeah. Yeah. And he's doing the whole thing so hammed up. And then just randomly, you know, these these three blokes turn up. Uh, sorry, not three blokes. These three ancient master assassins turn up. And Linda and Tarek just start fucking shooting him. And I'm thinking, what if this was a genuine magic show? Yeah, <laughs> <You know? laughs> They've just come up through the the, the hidden trap door. <laughs> and they're like, fucking get him, shoot him. So I just thought that was ridiculous. Yeah, because what got me down, it's the line where he's doing, like you say, if it's a magic show, the lightning strikes and they both run over and put a gun to fucking Striker's head and go, get your hands up. And I'm like, but he's done nothing. <laughs> he's done absolutely nothing. But he's got a room full of all these people who are, who are paying $500 a ticket, Dave. So you're expecting some sort of fucking... Uh, money, you know, some sort of payback for what you've just fucking forked out on. And I'm the same going, I don't know what they've done. What the fuck have they done? You know, or yeah. what's he done? Obviously, it does transpire that these fucking, you know, these three fucking 
mystical uh, figures come back and then they do start taking names. But at that point, I was like, he has done nothing wrong, but you're going to arrest him. I was just like, but maybe on, on bonfire night, they'd be arresting everybody these two, Dave. Any fucking bit of fl- flash or anything, they're on him straight away. Yeah, absolutely. But, I mean, you get the kind of... They're not just assassins, Chris. They are these mystical uh, raidens, aren't they? Because yes. they can all shoot lightning out their hand hands. And the fact that they're all dressed in black, what I'm thinking straight away, Chris, is, okay, we've got one who's, who's clearly like the leader. We've got a big brute, a big, big bit of muscle there. We've got a lady assassin as well. This is fucking Superman too. <laughs> that was when they first turned up. And actually, as it goes through, I can't help but feel like there was a big Superman 2 influence to this. Now, there's a bit later on where the three of them are kind of stood together head on with the camera. And I thought... They're going to start fucking blowing, and and like the police or whoever are going to start rolling down the street, and we're going to get some slapstick, maybe some ice creams uh, slapping in someone's face or something. But um, yeah, I, I was just, I, I was getting real kind of nostalgic vibes, even though I was I was watching it for the first time. It's funny because I remember I said to you, didn't I? Felt it was like big trouble in Little China, didn't it? At, at points as well, but yeah, the raiding yeah. things, especially you know, especially the outfits and that. But it's weird, isn't it? Because when when they go through this whole thing and the fighting against, and they and obviously at Linda and that and Tariq start firing at the these mystical figures, and the bullets come back. And then it's like, next minute, she's like struggling for life, isn't she? She's had a bit of a fucking kick in. But then there's about 30 people sat on the stairs asleep. <laughs> Clearly see these extras are just moving. And it's like, is this supposed to be like a mass fucking killing? Is it what, what's going on here? Because they were, none of the these monsters actually shot, got any, they got a couple of people, didn't get everyone. But for some reason, they're all dead on the stairs. And I'm like... It's weird, isn't it? It's not explained. It? Not explained at all. No. It's not, and then Linda obviously dies. We get the the whole scene, don't we? Where we're like, I'm like, you can't have Cynthia Rothrock fucking exactly. dead. Exactly, yeah, yeah. What, what is going on here, right? So I'm watching that bit, and then right, they disappear, and it pans to the fucking back to the police station. <laughs> Lo and behold, we've got the angry fucking Captain Dave who's threatening yeah. fucking Tariq oh, with his Oh, it's so good, though, isn't it? You know, you've got to have the angry Captain. It's part of the DNA of all these movies. It's like, oh, it feels good, you know. It's, it's like a relief. It's like, oh, he's there, you know. Because <laughs> when he says to him, I'm going to nail your ass to the ground, and I'm like... What what is Tariq actually done other than trying to defend the public, defend his fucking bit on the side? What what has he done wrong? That's against police protocol. He was doing his job. So, yeah, it's so ridiculous, Dave. I mean, the the way that that angry cop is, I think originally, I could be wrong, but I remember originally seeing it in Starsky and Hutch. The angry cop, you know, they're the, the captain, just everything mm. they did because they're going against protocol, you know, and it's always like fucking. <laughs> You're just you know, loose cannons. Yeah, he loose. Well, look at fucking Cobra as well, Dave, you know, yeah, fucking yeah. Cobretti. Cobretti. Yeah, Marion Cobretti. <laughs> fucking what a name. But it is, isn't it? It's the same the same stuff all the time. Like, it's so cliched in these movies, isn't it? You know, it's just misunderstood. He, he goes, uh, you know, he goes against the rules, but gets the job done, you know, and it's like, but he. 
Tariq's not like that, is he? He's like mild mannered. He's very measured. <laughs> he hardly says anything through the fucking movie, really, doesn't he? I mean, that is a strange thing, isn't it? Because, like you say, Cynthia Rothrock, I'm assuming, had scheduling difficulties, so she had yeah. to be in there. She's front and center on the bloody uh, the VHS cover. So it's like, yeah, well, we've got to have her in, but you know, we'll get her for a few, uh, a few short scenes, and then that's it, and we can get away, and then we can have this impactful death, you know, because she's been there for the previous two movies. We'll kill her off, and everyone will be like, "Fuck!" And uh, you know, everyone will blow their minds, and then the whole movie is resting on the shoulders of Tarek, and like you say. He hardly fucking says anything. <laughs> he's not. I know he's put up all the money for this, and God bless him for that. But Christ Almighty, I don't think he's a, a leading man, really, is he? But when they trace these kind of uh, assassins and Lauren Avedon down to a restaurant, I mean, I don't know if he'd got a dodgy bill, if he'd been shortchanged or something, but he seemed to just randomly have a beef with this guy. And it's almost like in Dragon, where everyone who works in the kitchen in a Chinese restaurant is also an expert in Kung Fu. <laughs> With a machete, you know, a, fucking, a fucking steak chopping knife or something. Fucking nonsense, isn't it? it yeah. They, they, <laughs> so he's going in there, he's flexing a bit because he's got these assassins who seem to have this kind of... They seem to half be loyal to him, but not really, because then later on they they seem to lose each other. And they, Chris, this is not. I read out the synopsis as like you know he's he's trying to strikers trying to take over the New York underworld, but actually half the fucking movie is they're just wandering around uh, bits of New York. Around a yeah. few blocks of yeah. New York. Yeah. <laughs> it's fucking filmed weird. in one night, I think. Yeah. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> but. It gets a, a little bit weird, doesn't it? Because, you know, uh, Tarek goes in there, uh, into the restaurant, and he shoots all three of them. And you're thinking, well, fucking hell, this is a quick movie. But then when the police come in, actually you find they're not there. And the police are like, oh, come on. You know, nothing's happened here. Because actually, I mean, I mean, there should be more questions asked, to be honest, Chris, because the people who are dead there, are the restaurant people like the chefs and stuff? Yeah, yeah, and and she does the the, the, the woman fucking raid, and she ends up. There's a fucking couple just eating in there, a couple of them, and she's like, she starts he starts eating the food, and she goes, "You're gonna do something," and she gets up and she fucking does a judo throw by putting two chopsticks on his nose. There. Oh yeah, yeah, fucking <laughs> throws the guy. Oh, what was it? Miami Connection. It was yes. just like that. I mean, I. If I'm going to be thrown across the room, do it with chopsticks on the nose. Not, well, not I'd be fucked, fucking monkey it? feet. <laughs> I'd be going through the fucking wall. What are we, my nose? <laughs> <laughs> Need a crane. <laughs> All right, fuck off, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> But you're right. It's like that bit is so ridiculous because there's a bit of dialogue. So, so Striker says to this guy, I "Remember last time we did it? You said you were going to fucking kick my ass." And the guy's like, "I'm sorry." And the next minute they go for it. That's that's how it all kicks off. However, what gets me is later on, Avedon has never been renowned for being like ripped up as he like absolutely no. shredded. I mean, I've seen pictures of him online. He put one on, and you know, love Lauren Avedon. But I remember I saw one on 
he's Instagramming and thinking, I'm sure that's superimposed on someone else's head. You know, he's that absolutely <laughs> shredded. <laughs> you know, like, Early fucking, deep fake stuff. Yeah, like fucking Bruce Lee or something. You know, like the body of Bruce Lee. It's absolutely like 3% body fat. Anyway, he, he goes to this fucking guy, doesn't he? He goes to like this this other baddie, this English guy. And he, and he basically goes, he takes over his fucking den, doesn't he? And, and he, he comes in and it's just ridiculous. And the guy's like, what's going on? And the, obviously he's got the backup of the three. But Avedon's hamminess is stupid because he's a bit where he's dancing. He's got he's got a fucking Hannibal Smith's fucking cigar in all the time. He's just oh, I don't know who he's trying to be, Dave. At this point in two thousand, I don't know what his inspiration was, but it's just he is just making this shit up. It's like he's going, I'm just going to keep doing this until someone tells me I'm being a dick, and if not, it's going in the film. And it literally everything he does. He's in the movie, and it's he's fucking acting on that. He's so bad, Dave. <laughs> it's when uh, the, I can't remember what he says now, but he's got his gun, and he goes in there, and again, he's just he's one bloke and three other goons, if you like, you know, just walking in there, and and you're like, if, if you're a real criminal organization, you're not really going to be uh, intimidated by that. And like I say, it, Chris, this is almost on the diabolical level of taking over all the Seattle dojos or, or taking over all of the uh, dojos in, in America to make loads of money somehow. Uh, <laughs> this is on that level because he just takes on these these random people. And like you say, it's all over one. Well, as you know, I think it's maybe a week or something like that, it feels like. But Chris, I made my first contribution to... Uh, IMDB quotes on this one because before Avedon walks in there you've got Mr. Lau and he's played by a guy called Gary Fu or, or Gary Sejo Fu he's called and he's he's he comes from London and he uh, he does loads of stunt work and stuff like that but fuck a doodle do that guy cannot fucking act at this point <laughs> whatsoever I mean Avedon is terrible in this right he's hamming it up unbelievably and does almost nothing until right in the end of the movie he's just kind of walking around making these hammy attempted semi-funny jokes where he's like hmm I need to get laid. <laughs> Stuff like that. But it's when Mr. Lau goes. And and what it is, it, this is in the writing as well as the delivery, to be fair. And someone sat there writing this. They, they, they want to say, you know, there's the easy way or the hard way. That's what they want to say. But they're like, no, we can't do that because that's a bit of a cliche. We've got to be clever and rewrite this. And what he says is, there are two ways we can do this. Both ways, I win. One way, he gets very hurt. <laughs> it's like, that's so shit. It's supposed to be this like intimidating speech, and it was just crap. And and so I was like, I, I rewound it, and I'm like, oh my god, that's terrible, terrible writing, terrible delivery. But I kind of love it. So yeah, when I looked on IMDb, it wasn't there. So I was like, right. Sign up and I'll stick it in there. <laughs> tell you what, though, Dave, and we haven't talked about him actually. So, so because obviously Tariq cannot defeat these enemies and stuff, he could probably defeat Avedon, but he can't, you know, he, a striker, he cannot defeat them. We have Master Yin, Dave, don't we? Who 
Yeah. At the start of the movie, I know we've run, run that stuff. At the start of the movie, he's, the usual cliche, he's in a 7-Eleven, Dave, and two guys come in <laughs> yeah. and go to fucking rob the place. And he's there with his, I think it's his niece in it, and he's there with her. And the next minute, one of them pulls a gun. He absolutely nails the other one, takes him out of the game. But the other guy who's got the gun at the cashier turns around and goes, that's not very kind, and walks over and says, say sorry to him. And I'm like, what the fuck is this? Next minute, obviously, he's tucking both out at this point. It's some of the greatest fucking dialogue we've ever seen, Dave. Yeah, and I think what is great about Carter Wong, I don't know if they did reshoots or something or what was going on, but the continuity with his hair... He's fucking all over the place. So, like, he's just in the middle of Central Park, I think, doing some forms or something like that. And he's got a proper, like you say, a Pepe Le Pew grey streak down the middle of his hair. It's like, all right, okay, so he's playing this older character. Next scene, not there at all. (laughs) Jet Black Dream. He looks about 10 years younger (laughs) as well. (laughs) Continuity. All over the place, but he just kind of randomly pops up, doesn't he? And just you can see he doesn't interact with Tarek that much until like almost the final act. But you know, you can see he's going to be important. Yeah, you can. And and the thing is with Master Yin is he's like the Mister Miyagi, isn't he? You know, he takes Tarek off into this fucking woodland. Great scenery, I've got to say, Dave. I know we did the mm. watch along. The scenery they use for the backdrop of like Tariq doing all these moves and everything is great. But one of the one of his things he's got to overcome, very similar to like you know Van Damme in kickbox with the splits, you know, with the trees and all that stuff. They you know hitting the tree and everything, and they always have something they got to overcome. So then we know yeah. that he's ready to face the final exactly. battle. Exactly. It's oh, it's fucking, I mean, the hairs on my arms are standing up now, even though I feel like the delivery was a bit shit. But but like you say, that trope. You know, being able to do something, whether it's like in Van Damme Kickboxer, he's able to split his legs uh, with the bamboo kind of pole things. You know, it's things like that, isn't it? And, and it's just it's such a good trope, even though the execution in this was a bit shit. Yeah, because it's a wooden <laughs> fucking like cartwheel, isn't it? And he's basically got to put his hand through. And I'm thinking, he's going to break his fucking arm here. And he does it about three times. And every time he does it, he hurts his, his arm. But Mastigan mm. does it. But then eventually, Dave, he does it. Even You'd even go as as far as saying Rocky beating Apollo on the race on the beach day, Rocky 3. Yeah, you yeah know, exactly. That thing, once he gets to that point... He is ready. And that's when we get this whole shootout at the end where it's like, you know, Lauren Avedon comes to life. Then finally, the whole movie, he's done absolutely nothing. He kills the English guy, as you mentioned before, the stunt guy. With the other, and it's a very quick, he pulls an ice on Avedon because he's sick of him taking over his business. And he literally just stabs him in the stomach with his own knife straight away. Mm. But we don't see any of this because I think, you know me, I, I love. I think he's a great martial artist, Lauren Adams. His kicks and that are brilliant, but we see nothing. And it's like, I know he was older at this point, but he was still like late 30s. He wasn't like he was in his 50s. He was having to do like a master thing, you know, <laughs> have to train the apprentice. So it, it's just a bit strange because then when he does fight against Master Yin, obviously he gets a bit of a kicking, doesn't he? They have a, a bit of mm. a goal. But then obviously Tariq literally takes out all three of the fucking General Zod and fucking Ursula and that day. They've done the whole fighting things nonsense because he was taught 
he was taught this move by Yin where they, they put their arms, hand, fists together, and it's like a battle, like a, like a fucking, remember the fun war day? I declared a fun <laughs> war. It's like that, isn't it? And this is like another thing. But what, the only way you can kill him is he has to fight him, and then they've got these necklaces round yeah. and then he's got to pull it, and then obviously they disappear. But the, the, the choreography of the fight is pretty good at the end. It is good. He is a good martial artist, sorry, even though I know yeah. saying I, I wished it was Avedon, probably from a more selfish point of view. He's a very, very good martial artist. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think he's quite got that charisma, but like I say, yeah. if you pay him for it, it, it's your ball, essentially, isn't it? So, you know, the, the game of football only goes on if you the kid with the football is there. So, um, yeah, Chris, but just going back a little bit to that montage i think the montage is okay right but and and you say about some of the shots looked amazing i mean they reuse some of them i guess that's a budget thing you know roger corman's a classic for that you know just reuse stuff from other movies even um but i think it's the music the music is very lukewarm and just not upbeat at all you think of that you think of all the Rocky montages, you've got a fucking killer song, whether it's Hearts on Fire or whatever it is. You, you look at Kickboxer, you know, some of the music uh, that, that accompanies that by, by Paul Herzog, I think it was. You know, you've got Stan Bush as well, you know, some of the great things like in Bloodsport, you know, the, um, what is the, Kumte, uh, Kumte, you know, in, the, uh, in Bloodsport. And you're like, it gets you going. That was completely devoid in this. And so I think the people behind the camera are actually quite skilled. I think some of the cinematography in it is really, really good. But the music is just sadly lacking. And so, you know, when he does get that payoff, when he reaches through the spinning wheel and he grabs, I can't even remember what he has to grab now, he grabs something, whatever it is, um, and he's he's ready to go against these guys. So I just felt like it didn't have that payoff of a usual action movie trope where you've got this montage in. No. Sorry, go on. No, no, sorry. You're right, Dave. You're right. And uh, I've got to say, this has, though, one of the greatest plot twists ever, Dave. So I'm going to let you <laughs> talk this through because... <laughs> I, I'm not joking. When you guys get chance, if you do get chance to watch the watch along on YouTube, I am my fucking jaw is on the floor. I could not believe the end bit. I didn't see it coming. I know this is a low budget movie, but I'll tell you now, Dave. There's going to be it's going to take a hell of a movie this year to fucking you know, take <laughs> me by surprise. Usually, you can see what's coming. And honestly, I mean, I watched that stupid Glass Onion. Fucking, I didn't like it at all. I, I love the first one. The Netflix thing, you know, the uh, Benoit Blanc thing, whatever it's called. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Knives Um, Out. out. Yeah, Yeah, great film, the first one. The second one, wasn't a fan at all. I could see straight away what was going on. But but it wasn't a bad film. It just wasn't as good as the first one. With this, Dave, this was up there with Knives Out for me. (laughs) Fucking greatest twist I've seen in a long time in a movie. Well, you say the greatest twist, right? Again, let's let's think what what is really going on here. So probably, you know, they've got the money for the movie. They want to make this movie. It's Jalal Mary's money. He wants to make it. Cynthia Rothrock is is the main marquee star of the movie. He knows that, but she's got a scheduling conflict. I haven't read this. I'm just theorizing. <laughs> 
So he can have her for like a few days of shooting and that's it. Right, fuck. We're going to have to kill her off. But actually, you know what, Chris? I might want to make a fourth one at some point. <laughs> so, I know she's not going to be available, so let's let's give her this big on-screen death. And then right at the end, he just fucking wakes up, and it's all a dream. Now, <laughs> did you, you ever do like yeah. <laughs> did, did you do it at school, like creative writing or anything? Where you know, I, I must admit, I I've used it quite a few times in my earlier years in those stories that you just have to write in class or something. You know, you got an hour to write a story, and like I, I remember, like that was just a trope that even school children would come to. You know, because you you've written yourself into a corner, and you're just like, I don't know how to get out of this. You know, the world's shit. It's fucking post-apocalyptic or whatever. I had some serious issues as a child. Um, <laughs> oh, but no. Oh, it's nearly the end of class. Fuck it, it's all a dream. <laughs> you know, it's like that's what it was. And so when this happened, I was like, "You have got to be fucking kidding me! This cannot be a dream." And like, not only that, basically, and, and if you've not watched it, and you are going to watch it, stop now, go and watch it, and then come back. But and so I'm going to spoil it, right? One, two, three. So Tarek Richards wakes up. And Cynthia Rothrock, Linda, is just there because it was all a fucking dream. <laughs> and the the master assassins have not yet been summoned. Striker Goodenough is just doing his little ceremony there. And not only that, not only did they write off almost the entire movie, a la Deadpool 2, they fucking arrest Striker based on Tarek's dream. Dream? <laughs> That wasn't real. It's like <laughs> arresting me bump into the warehouse. I'm like, oh, he's like, you've just got this weird guy at the front doing fucking forms, fucking karate yeah. forms in a fucking, he's got like a gothic suit on and that's all it is. He's done nothing as far as we know. We know watching the movie. So then you're like, well, hang on a minute. So this has all been a dream. So fucking Tariq's just hit the deck at some point and everyone's around him and he's had this wonderful fucking story and dream about these these three beams coming down. But Dave, they walk, they go off. And I noticed that when they drove in there, Tariq was driving, but Cynthia drove off and it's like, let's go somewhere warm. And as they're leaving, Dave, and at this point, I am just like, holy shit, this is ridiculous. It's the greatest thing I've ever seen. We see Masty Jin across the road, Dave. He is there, and we see a clap of lightning as it goes out, and you're like, oh, <laughs> is there more? And I can tell you guys, 23 years later, there isn't. <laughs> Unbelievable at the end. Dave. I was, honestly, it was a, a fucking brilliant. A, ridiculous. I was like, you are fucking joking. <laughs> fucking nonsense. And that's why, like I say, when I was watching it for the first time, I was like, what are you fucking kidding me? Oh, we've got to do a watch along. Cause I, I, obviously 99% of the time we just go off and we watch these things separately. Don't we? But yeah. I just wanted to, to understand your reaction to it. And <laughs> you were just like, what the fuck? Yeah, great. <laughs> it was, it was such a good pick mate. And I love the fact that you never revealed it at all. Even though you'd watched it ahead of me, you never said a word and you were just fucking pissing yourself. You were like, I got you. I was like, you have got me 100%. I did not. I just, 
It was unbelievable. It was like, I know it's, look, this is going to be a terrible fucking analogy, but it's like, say, watching something like The Godfather and you see them all like Sonny and that old dying and Marlon Brando. And at the end, they're all sat around the table again. It was a dream. You know, fucking yeah. Michael wakes up and he's, he's, he's still in the army and stuff. So I, what a film that is, I know, but what a stupid analogy. But it's the same thing. You'd just be like, what was the fucking payoff? You know, like you said, Dave, they were obviously going to make a fourth one. So they were like, well, we need to keep everyone in alive, really. Because even Avedon is redeemed. He's only broke into a warehouse. He's not going to get sent down for long in the context <laughs> yeah. of the movie, is he? So, yeah, funny. or arrested for um, maybe, maybe it's not a dream and it's a parallel universe or something. Maybe it's a time jump. Maybe it's a 12 monkeys. Time. Oh, no, it can't be a 12 monkeys because it, it's not a time loop. But, no. but you know what I mean? Uh, there yeah, could be something yeah. else going on there. But yeah, fucking amazing. And it, and it was really hard not to fucking spill the beans. That's why I kept pestering you. It's like, right, when can we do this watch along? When? Because I was just fucking dying. I just couldn't sit on it for that long. But but, um, but Chris, we, one of the, my favourite bits of the movie we haven't spoke about yet is when the three assassins go into a bar randomly and are not with Striker Goodenough randomly. <laughs> <laughs> They're just there and you've got these two girls dancing and all three of the assassins are lechy as fuck. And then they just get into this random bar fight with the smallest bouncer in the world. Oh, and brilliant. Just some, and this is when it got really Superman 2. It's just the, the fight sequences. And the, the guy who's playing, like, basically Nom, you know, from Superman 2, the big brute, they somehow get the smallest stunt guy in the world to, to basically go up to him. And, like, start punching his stomach. And it, it's one of those where it's ridiculous. Because if you're going into a fight, Chris, I mean, chances are, if you're going to throw some punches, you're throwing them at the head, aren't you? Yeah. You know, and, and the fucking punches, knees, kicks, everything's going in there. You don't run up to someone, stop, square on, and then start punching sideways into their lats. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, not their lats. They're they're like obliques. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it just looked ridiculous, and and so that I think that was the moment that it was that scene where I was like, oh, I've got to make Chris watch this. <laughs> I just thought it was amazing. Oh, you did well, honestly. And I know you mentioned it before, but just the last thing I'd say that you can tell it was a Superman ripoff, like you said, when the camera's right in front of him. And you mentioned all this before, the same thing, when they do the thing where they blow and everyone, you know, they think they've killed Superman. It's on. It's just an absolute rip-off of that scene from Superman 2, one of my favourite scenes. And obviously Superman's buried in the fucking mail truck and all that shit because the bus is it. And it's on a little side street at the back end of fucking New York somewhere, some little yeah. fucking area. There's about three cars and about six people, but they're trying to make it look like they're going down the middle of Fifth Avenue or something, Dave. It's fucking <laughs> rubbish. Absolutely. Fucking garbage. Oh, it's brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. What a talk about a fucking rip-off. Yeah. <laughs> well, Chris, should we get into our final review? Let's go. Dave, what a pick, mate. I'm so pleased. And, and you know, we're not going <laughs> to... 
we're not going to probably do another Laura Avedon movie this year at all. Um, <laughs> you say that we now. Hope, <laughs> we hope. Um, <laughs> well, we hope, yeah. We, we, well, I hope. Maybe we should, Dave. But anyway, I'm so pleased you've done it. We've done two already this year, so I think we need to have a rest for a while. However, <laughs> what a pick. And this one you've picked it trumps a lot of them, Dave, just for that end bit. It's ridiculous. So I really enjoyed watching this. I don't know why. I, I've got to say, Dave, as, as you know, never really appreciated her, but a little bit of a crush on Cynthia Rothrock in this one, Dave. I think she looks rather uh, dashing, shall we say, without being too lecture. But yeah, really pretty in this. Um, <laughs> dashing. Dashing, David. <laughs> dashing. Um, but no, I just think it's a terrible movie. Nothing makes sense. Uh, however, it's gone right in the middle, Dave. So it's going to Hill Valley because I would watch this again. And now I think. In total, I've watched it three times in the space of a month, so it's <laughs> worth the rewatch. So you miss little bits where you're like, I cannot believe this. This has even been made. So great pick, mate. I really, really enjoyed it. So I think if you are a fan of these martial art action B movies or just B movies in general and all the tropes that come along with it, you know, you've got some uh, mystical. Uh, martial artists, uh, mystical assassins, and then you know you've got to have a whole montage before you you uh, overcome them in the end. This is for you, right? Go go and check it out on YouTube. It's well worth a watch. If it's not, if that is not your thing, steer clear. Uh, uh, the other thing I think you need is you need to appreciate good bad movies. I think you know. And that is a, a trait I think not, that not everyone has. A lot, you know, a lot of people will just watch a bad movie, and you know, it's just a bad movie because this is a bad movie. But there is something about it. There's a charm about it that I just absolutely adore. Part of it is having this this ensemble cast of all characters you know from other things. Part of it is the terrible. Uh, tropey writing and some awful dialogue, but it just all goes into the melting pot of just making it a really good bad movie. Now, if I compare it to the likes of Samurai Cop, um, Miami Connection, I don't think it's it's not up there. But for some of the Superman two bits, the the rip off bits, I, I just I, I do. I've watched it a few times now, and I, I just really, really enjoy it. So for me, it's even it's higher than the middle. It's a pleasant bill for me, but that's with the caveat that it is a bad movie. So I'm not necessarily recommending it to everyone, but yeah, I, I really enjoyed this. And what I'll say is the first two, yeah, if you've got loads of time, you can watch them. They kind of, um, they're not bad. But I think this third one, I think just because it hams it up. And I think, Chris, because we're probably the only two podcasters who have this weird obsession, well, more so you than me, <laughs> with Lauren Avedon. And the fact that he's hamming it up so much, the fact that he's got this ridiculous name, Striker Goodenough, it's just... <laughs> It just all goes into the enjoyment of it. So, yeah, I, I absolutely loved it. But it's just not quite up there in the Hall of Fame of bad movies. So I think, like I say, there, there are other ones that are, are more enjoyable than this. But definitely, if you've got the time, go and watch it. 
Absolute brilliant, brilliant pick. Uh, now, Dave, our next pick is from one of our patrons, Mr. Timothy, and he has picked a movie I've never seen, Dave. So we're going to watch the trailer for a movie called Ricochet. He was a psychotic killer out of control. Until a rookie cop... Don't even try it, don't even think about it. Put him behind bars. Seven years later, Earl Talbot Blake is. is out for revenge. I got things to live for. And the moment he escapes, the nightmare begins. Earl Talbot Blake. He busted out of a parole hearing. Now, the hunter is the hunted. Ah! The lie. Right, right. He wants because I sent him to prison. I'm gonna make him pay for this. Was it Blake? Huh? Was it Earl Talbot Blake? See his face in the light of those cameras. That's when it'll be over. Complete. Ricochet. Denzel Washington. John Lithgow. Ricochet. Meeting once was a mistake. Meeting twice will be murder. <laughs> what a line. That looks great, that, doesn't it? It does, doesn't it? It's I, really good. So, so I remember this being in the video shop, but it was it was like in the action section, and so, you know, not on the new releases wall. I just never, it never grabbed me enough to go and pick it up, but actually that looks really good. And, you know, <laughs> did you watch Dexter, Chris? Only bits of it. Sam watched it all. I watched the first series or so, I think. Yeah, so like he, I think it's the third season. He he turns up as like this Trinity killer, and I always struggled with it because I'm like, this is the guy from Third Rock from the Sun. You know, he's a bit cuddly. He's, he's in Daddy's Home too as well. He plays a fucking great character. If you've not watched that, watch it. It's brilliant. Um, but I just don't associate him with this like psychopathic killer. Little did I know watching. Dexter, years later, you know, he'd already played this psychopathic killer, it seems, in Ricochet. So, yeah, I can't wait to watch this one. Yeah, I'm, honestly, I've never I've never even heard of it or seen it, Dave, but once I see the trailer, I'm like, oh, I'd have been well onto this. I like a bit of Denzel, he's class. So, yeah, so I'm definitely on this one, Dave. Screenplay by Stephen D'Souza. Who's that, Dave? It's only the writer for Die Hard, Chris. Oh, nice. And I am sure... He had something to do with uh, Commando as well, right? Known for Die Hard, Commando, and 48 Hours, Chris. Oh, nice. (laughs) This is right in my wheelhouse, Dave. Oh, I'm up for this one. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Yeah, good, great pick, Timothy. Nice one, mate. So... As always, if you want to email us, the VHS Strikes Back at gmail.com. If you want to follow us on social media at VHS Strikes Back. 
As always, if you do want to support us a little bit more, get over to patreon.com forward slash the VHS Strikes Back. So today's roll call of honour is Dylan, Stephen, T- Trent, Dan, Justin, Susan, Timothy, Alec, Paul, Matt, Heath, Kent, Lucky Lily Green, Herb, Jacks, Maff, Blake, John Hammond, and Mr. Tony Farina. So thank you so much, guys, for all your support. As always, amazing stuff. Dave, absolutely brilliant. Uh, just want to say one thing. We are not running any martial arts classes, even off the back of this anymore, guys. If you do email us, the dojo has shut down because we got over, we got taken over by a uh, Eastern European consortium and we got beat up, Dave, and I've now got a limp. So anyway, Dave, what are you going to take us out with today? Oh, you know what? I've not, I know it's... 2023 but i i'm just getting those feelings of i've not watched no retreat no surrender this year yet so yeah. I, I might have to rectify that the um, right now dave <laughs> i have i've got it i, I told you yeah, that, I did. didn't i yeah, yeah i got yeah. it you sent me the link and then also dave oh, great course, news yeah, yeah. the third one's coming out on blu-ray mr lauren avedon's the king of the kickboxes that is right yeah i'm gonna yeah. buy both of them my friend you know what chris i have a confession with all of the shit movies that we've watched as part of this project that we absolutely love, I actually feel like I kind of want to watch No Retreat, No Surrender 3. <laughs> we watched it together. We've already done the watch-along. But we no, it. no. Just like on my own. Just literally, it's that bank scene. It's just fucking legendary. And actually, by the time we release this, so it's mid-February that Keith Vitale is going to release his own podcast. And he's promising to have all kinds of action stars on there, including Chris, Lauren Avedon. Well, we are tuning in, my friend. Absolutely. So I, I really cannot wait for that. And actually, you know, I'm just going to put it out there that, you know, I think the podcast is called something like Sidekick because that was his legendary move you know even before he went into acting or anything you know his, his sidekick was apparently amazingly powerful and so um might have to consider doing a, a wheels on meals thing with jackie chan and vitali's in that as well as a bad guy but um but let's see have i distracted you long enough to say chris how are you gonna finish us off today well dave i did ask you that a minute ago but you obviously batted it back no. it's very unusual <laughs> for you so dave i've looked through the quotes and you know there's only two of them and i'm gonna quote linda and she simply says from now on when i go out with you i'm wearing pants <laughs> That sounds so much worse. But thank you very much, sir. Thanks for indulging me. Don't forget to check out YouTube as well if you want to watch the watch along. Thank you very much to all our listeners and all our supporters. And we'll speak to you next time. Bye. That's it, man. Game over, man. It's game over. What the fuck are we going to do now? What are we going to do? Maybe we could build a fire, sing a couple of songs, huh? Why don't we try that? We better get back. Because it'll be dark soon, and they mostly come at night. Mostly. I'll be back. That's night. We came, we saw, we kicked its ass. Wax on, wax off. One ring the bell. All right. Ding, ding. Bust you up. Go for it. Well, here we go. Ain't so bad. 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 Ain't so bad.
yourself, I'm crazy. You're just a stupid yeah, fool. Yeah, baby, you're stupid. You're crazy. I ain't breathing, heavy. He's a fool. He's stupid. I've seen you a six